Your Money Replay from Money FM 89.3. Influence with Michelle Martin on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. This is Influence. I'm Michelle Martin. Good morning. Blockchain mastery is among the top three skills rising in importance in Singapore, but there aren't that many women in the sector. According to a court study, only 8.5% of projects in this space have been founded by women. Zilika is a Singapore-based public blockchain platform born out of research at the National University of Singapore, and it's aiming to examine how blockchain can be more usable to the community. It recently worked with the University of Oxford for a series of blockchain education workshops for female students at the university. We're talking with the man behind that and many other educational initiatives at Zilika. Saiba Kataruka is a former alumnus of the University of Oxford. He's also an active champion of more opportunities for more female scientists in the blockchain space and he spearheads Zilika's public education initiatives. Welcome to it. Thank you, Michelle. It's a pleasure to be here. Good to have you with us. So first, let's start with Zilika's history. Born right here at the National University of Singapore, out of research, it also champions public education in the building of the public blockchain. So first up, maybe you can share your thoughts on why you think uh, the building of public blockchain should be a priority at universities. Absolutely. I think uh, universities have a culture of open source coding, which is like any code that you develop should be accessible to everybody. And what we are doing, it can be evolved without any copyrights. So there is nobody who is owning the knowledge here. And that is what uh, Zilek also aims towards, that rather than taking the ownership of the knowledge and keeping to ourselves, we put everything on open source. And this, I think, is very essential for academic culture. This is the only way that the knowledge can further proceed. Okay, how can universities come up with a curriculum to keep pace with something that's so fast evolving, like, you know, the building of blockchain? (laughs) So that is the tricky part, right? (laughs) Isn't it? It is, absolutely. (laughs) Universities actually dislike this part a lot because the technology moves far, far faster than what they can keep pace with. Uh, This creates multiple number of problems for them. Uh, The curriculums usually are at least three to five years behind the industry level at any given moment. So I would say the only proper way to do this is to engage with the actual practitioners, invite them over, talk with them and make uh, students do projects with them. That is the only way, like learn by doing. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what is involved in the building of public blockchain? I understand blockchain developer is one of the most in-demand jobs, according to LinkedIn. So, but what does a blockchain developer do? And why is there a shortage of talent in that field? There is a clear shortage in this field because uh, what blockchain developer has to do is divided into multiple number of parts. One part is understanding the development of the protocol like exactly what is this base layer on top of which everything else is being built, just like the Android or iOS system on top of which you have to build application. But if you understand building the base part, that doesn't qualify you to build the application itself. And then you have to understand a whole different field in order to build that application. Uh, There is one more uh, element to that, that you have to understand the business use cases, why you should build something on blockchain rather than on internet. So including all these things means you have to understand A, network theory, B, uh, general computer science principles, C, uh, sometimes, uh, let's say, economics of it, because there are tokens involved, money involved in it. Four, you have to understand business use cases, which are away from economics. Five, you have to actually sometimes understand the political uh, scenario of it, 
and geopolitical scenarios such as like which country is having favorable laws towards it and which country is not. Singapore is one of the countries which have very favorable laws towards it. I think it has very forward-thinking legislation in this particular field and that is why Singapore's ecosystem is actually developing much faster than the others. Okay, so what skill sets would I need in my toolkit basically? Um, Got to be a generalist, but have a background in engineering, or it can be anything. Like for example, uh, every single set brings in a different key ingredient to this mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, if somebody is there from humanities, arts, etc., in the recent workshops that we did, somebody wanted to bring art to blockchain. So their entire idea was renting art pieces by students who are looking for recognition and putting them in office spaces. Great idea. Uh, absolutely. And yeah. enable, using blockchain to enable all of that. Okay, so, uh, you know, the thing with universities is people start specializing or aiming for their specialty very early on in life, like right. 12 or 16. But if we're talking about, you know, the public education or building a blockchain, could you jump in later on in life? You can, absolutely. Because it's similar to e-commerce. If I say in e-commerce or internet business, what is the skill set that you have to mm, have? Mm. The thing is, it's not one particular skill set. Anybody, like if you are from medical field, if you are from art field, Mm. if you are from uh, uh, even radio field, like every media, everything has an implication there. Blockchain is similar. It is a platform where anybody can jump onto. But it is a transition, which is kind of tough. People don't really get, okay, how is this relevant to my field? And that is where we are trying to do these educational initiatives and grant program. We have like a grant program of US dollar five million. Those who understand this, we try to make sure that it is easier for them to make the jump with minimal risk. These are the kind of initiatives we would like to see more of Mm. because otherwise blockchain will remain limited in the number of voices it has. Let's take us back to Zilika's DNA. It seems like blockchain public education is really part of the company's DNA. So tell us what it does and you know what it was set out to do initially and what it's doing now. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with you that education is part of our DNA. We came from uh, National University of Singapore. It, uh, the entire thing began as a research paper. Mm. <laughs> so in 2014, some people were understanding, some researchers understanding what blockchain is about. They kind of noticed, hey, there is a problem here. Not many people can use it in the current shape and size. In 2007? In 2014, actually. 14, okay. Right. So they understood like there is not much of, uh, and there is not much scalability here. And they started working on that problem. It took them like four years to to properly solve that issue but the result was that we were one of the uh, we were almost at the frontier of that particular technological slice what we now want to do is after having created this we want to take education further we have received much from academia we want to return to academia something similar and we believe education is important because it solves it is an essential element of solving the two-sided market problem here mm-hmm. the two-sided market problem being that many people do not join blockchain space because they do not see interesting applications here like if you try to explain somebody what blockchain is they're like okay can you just show me some good application <laughs> and they're not good enough applications here because not much talent is flowing out here. Oh, it's a chicken egg situation. It's a chicken and egg situation, right? So what we have to do is include education, show people by building something ourselves that, okay, this is what you can build. This is how you can build that and involve more and more people. That is why we also have this grant program. And we believe fundamentally is necessary for all the companies in this space. So we're going to talk about your grant program in just a while. But back to that point, Zilika, born here in Singapore at our very own National University of Singapore. So I want to ask you, do you think that Asia is more progressive than other regions like Asia, uh, US or Europe when it comes to blockchain awareness? (laughs) Like... 
maybe it is like this is a surprising part of it i think not silicon valley but maybe it is asia which is currently taking the lead in it and uh, there may be various factors in that i think one factor has been uh, the governments here and the japanese government uh, uh, south korean government uh, singaporean government in particular many governments out here have been engaged with the forerunners of this industry and have made proper laws in it. Venture capital in these particular industries have also come forward and have been willing to invest a lot of money in promoting the new technology here. I wonder a part of it might have to do with uh, the originator of blockchain who we do not know about but whose name was Satoshi Nakamoto. Mm. So because uh, of it having Asian implications, mm. maybe that warmed up uh, Asians a little bit more towards the technology. I'm not sure about that but... I can say that, yes, Asia is taking a lead in this space for sure. That's a great point. Saiba Kataruka is developer <laughs> marketing lead at Zilika. I was looking at the pitch that came my way and, you know, initially it was angled as uh, what Zilika is doing to help female entrepreneurs and I assumed you were a woman and then I had to pick you up. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, that's a common perception. The first time I went to my college, I was put into a girl's hostel because of my name. <laughs> the, the power of the name. Huh? The watchman was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you were. Okay. Okay, so you said that decentralization is a core principle of blockchain and you can't really have decentralization without diversity. What would you say to our female listeners about coming into this blockchain space? I would say that technology has a big problem right now uh, uh, towards the inclusiveness uh, uh, matter. Uh, Silicon Valley has had multiple uh, issues regarding this which are very public. Uh, Uber, for example, was sued by certain women that, okay... Uh, there are studies which are done that more women leave the IT industry than other industries. And the reason is, A, there are two kind of gatekeepings which are happening. One, promotions in normal workplaces, which are often controlled by managers who typically tend to be male. And second, that venture capitals seem to be funding males more often than the female founders, mm -hmm. which is uh, problematic in this particular space. And because of this, we have seen more and more uh, erosion of inclusivity in this particular area. What we would say is rather than like uh, get more involved in this particular space, reach out to the people who are being more inclusive. Do not let the feedback, which can sometimes be very negative, affect you regarding that. Uh, there was another study which was done that on GitHub, which is a, which, which is a platform for uh, developers, when female developers hide their identity or gender, they are much more successful, their uh, programming is much more accepted than when they reveal themselves to be uh, females. In fact, then they are more successful than the male counterparts. Mm. So when it comes to pure ability, I think like it's not just a level field, but females might actually have some advantage there. I wonder if you know, the first programmer was a female, Ada Lovelace, who was the daughter of Lord Byron, yes. uh, the poet. Uh, and I love that uh, thing. Like she was able to envision something which even the inventor of the machine, Charles, uh, Charles Babbage, was not able to see. She took the field forward. The first... Uh, Machine operator software developers are also female. During World War II, when Alan Turing was trying to make uh, hardware to crack the code of German people, they developed uh, the first computers at that particular time. All the software was written by females. However, this entire industry was eventually taken up by males because of various reasons. Again, gatekeeping comes heavily into that. And hopefully, as females become more aware of this issue, they will also be able to get more empowered in order to overcome these barriers.
Fantastic talking to you. I wish we had time to, to get into that $5 billion grant. Uh, million. Zero, five million. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for clarifying that. Uh, maybe just in brief strokes, you can share a little bit about what that's about. Absolutely. Since uh, there is so much risk uh, in being a founder, what we want to do is make sure that anybody who takes that leap has some buffer space. So if you come to us and uh, if you're a female founder, uh, if you're any founder, as a matter of fact, we are pretty inclusive in that. That is a fair idea. We will make sure that we give you a grant money to start. Uh, we won't give you $5 million, but the total pool is $5 million. And zero equity in return. And absolutely mm, 0% equity in return, which is a pretty good deal for a, a seed fund. Yes. What we want to see is more inclusiveness here and people actually developing and taking forward the blockchain technology. Joy talking to you. Thank you for being an influence. <laughs> Thank you, Michelle. It has been a pleasure. Saiba Kataruka is developer marketing lead from public homegrown blockchain platform Zalika. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.